0: IGN Playlist is a new home to your game library. Rate games, share lists, and log your game time powered by how long to beat. Sign up for early access today at playlist.ign.com.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week are Tina Amini. Hi, everybody. Sam Claiborne. The Hat is back. The Hat is back with a very important message, or a warning, perhaps. (laughs) Justin Davis is here as well. And we've got a great show for this week. We're going to flip through the December 2003 issue of Nintendo Power, uh, which is about 10 years after I ever had read my last issue of Nintendo Power, probably. Uh, And it's also getting to be holiday time, so we've got some emails from listeners um, that pertain to holiday gaming traditions. But first, I believe there are some game developers out there in scoop nation that mm-hmm. uh listen to and watch this show so we wanted to let you know about something ign and rogue games the publisher Rogue games are partnering to produce rogue jam a brand new game jam that's offering exclusive development deals along with eight hundred thousand dollars in total prizes rogue games uh it's actually made up of some former ign talent matt Casamassina, a name you may have heard and levi buchanan both work at Rogue Games now. Um so submissions are gonna be judged on things like fun factor, originality, uh gameplay, and polish. Submissions are being accepted right now um until December 31st. You can submit your game at I wanna get the uh website exactly right, roguejam.com. That is rogue but Don't, don't type com. Rouge Jam. Not Rouge Jam. That's the different thing. All well, of the different thing.
2: Classic Rouge uh, Squadron. Yeah.
1: <laughs> And another little bit of housekeeping, Uh, I just want to let everyone know in case they hadn't heard, of course, IGN turned 25 years old earlier this year, and uh, we've been working on something uh, special to celebrate that all year long, Uh, it's our own video game. IGN's first video game, and it just launched this week. It's called IGN 25 The Game. It stars our mascot, Iggy Ignacio. Uh, (laughs) And it's got some great pixel art, and there's lots of fun little Easter eggs uh, from IGN and and gaming in general over the past 25 years. It is entirely free to play with no microtransactions. And you can check it out at the website, IGN.com slash IGN 25 The Game, numeral 25. That's IGN.com slash IGN25, the game. Please to enjoy.
3: And with messaging.
1: That, I know. And with that, we're going to go straight into uh, listeners, listener emails uh, <laughs> this episode. So let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Big Tony Styles.
4: Yes. Uh, of course. <laughs>
1: And it. Big Tony Style says, "My recent Black Friday and Cyber Monday purchases are starting to arrive, and suddenly my gaming backlog has ballooned. I typically don't jump from game to game, so I'm going to tackle the shortest games first. How do the Omega Cops handle a bevy of games, especially during holiday season when you try and wrap up games in the running for the annual Gamey Awards? Because <laughs> that that's what we're all doing. Awards."
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: I mean, yeah, it is that end of year, you know, rush to to the finish line for all the stuff that you haven't finished. So I guess that's that's a big part of my uh, gaming habit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I get through my backlog. But I actually, I'm kind of the opposite. I actually do juggle games um, at a time. So if I hit a point where I'm like frustrated with something or bored, that's when I'll take the, the cue from, from my own kind of reference points to, to switch over to something else. So I was switching over between like, Death's Door and an inscription and Psychonauts Two, which I finished, which was oh, very wow. good. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Um, kind of wish I spent more time with collectibles before I finished it, but that's a whole oh, other not, conversation. You can't go back, <laughs> I guess. It's good. To um, know. Yeah, I mean, you you can you can sit in the world, but I just feel like because there aren't a lot of like missions left, there's some like random little side missions, mm-hmm. so you can go back through. But I like to have missions that push me through, um, where I'm side by side doing collectibles. So I wish I kind of did them more in tandem. I lose some of my momentum that way if I get through the final chapters of a game. But yeah, I'll, I'll just juggle back and forth. Like if I get tired of one, jump to the other and try to multitask as much as possible.
1: Sam, yeah, how do you manage your quote unquote backlog?
2: I mean, it's gonna sound strange to say it this way, but it's in the order of how excited I am to play those things. Like I totally mm-hmm. procrastinate on the game set. I, but that's that's a difference between me and probably a lot of listeners is that like, there's games that I feel obligated to play and they're usually really cool and they and and i end up liking them but they're not games in my normal wheelhouse and i have to challenge myself that would happen for um certain types of genres right cuz i wanna like i don't normally play uh, for instance racing games but i should absolutely be playing forza cuz people love it and it's a it's a popular <clears throat> topic and uh, i did like it I, I played it and i was like this is great and i can't wait to play more of it Um, but I still then in that time, like other games came out that excited me a lot. So I was like, well, I can't put down guardians, you know, I'm really excited about that. And I I was playing other games too. So then I have to, that gets further and further back in my log, but it's totally like, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, there's enough out that I'm interested in that I want to get through as much as much of that as I can. And then, you know, what I have to play, which is always really fun and educational.
1: And Justin, I know you don't often finish games. You basically just play them until you feel like you're you've gotten enough out of them, and then on to the next thing, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're me in 2021, apparently you just throw your backlog into the trash and do nothing but play Halo all night every night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, I don't. Um, I don't feel a sense of ever since I became a dad, uh, which it's been a long time now. Like my kids are. My oldest one is seven. Um, no, no shame about putting a game down anymore. I have this much time to play video games at night. And I don't want to spend it playing anything except whatever I'm most excited about or most energized about or the thing. Like, there's no sort of forcing myself to slog through a game to completion. Like, no, no, no. Like, that time is very precious to me. And um, you know, whatever is going to sort of maximize my fun and enjoyment for that evening, that's, that's what I'll play. Mm-hmm. And and plus like the, the type of game that I like, you know, Dwarf Fortressy, Minecraft, Factorio kind of games. Like, mm-hmm. y- you know, they're endless. Like, you can play them for as long as you're sort of wringing fun and enjoyment out of the puzzle of of what mm-hmm. you want to build in that game. And so, it's even a little bit different for like some of the types of games that I'm drawn to are less sort of, you know, you're going to put in ten hours into a narrative narrative adventure anyway. Mm-hmm.
1: This idea of a gaming backlog, I feel like, is a very modern gaming Mm -hmm. construct uh and it's 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 probably just because it's a result of the fact that there are more games than ever being released every day and gaming just in general is cheaper than ever because there's constantly sales even outside of black friday so like people are always able to pick up games for cheap and then their list of games that they own but they haven't played yet just keeps piling up right
2: Well, I'd add to that too, that there's also no way to return or exchange the games that you're buying digitally. And it used to be that like your backlog was probably a bunch of games that you'd trade for new games. That's just what it was with physical Mm -hmm. media. So that's another modernist take on it
4: yeah the running joke is like all the steam sales are specifically what contributes to everybody's backlog
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i, I speci- like i used to literally maintain a backlog like here's a spreadsheet of you know games mm-hmm. I want to get through and yada yada and then that went out the window um not not just when I became a parent but like that was around the same time that like humble bundle and game bundles became a thing mm. and then all of a sudden well I have 400 games in my steam library like you know some of which I didn't even care about or like Really explicitly want, but they came along for free in this bundle, and so mm. you, like, did they go on the backlog? Like, now I have Game Pass. Like, the concept yeah. of like I have a set number of games that I'm trying to get through. It's it 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 doesn't jive with um with the way that I'm buying and consuming games anymore. Yeah.
2: Game Scoop's latest controversy is Game Pass a backlog. <laughs>
4: Ugh. Ugh. yes
2: I mean I just added a yes. bunch of
4: games yeah it's
2: terrifying <laughs> including <right?
4: laughs> Yakuza 0 is on my list from Game Pass 2 let's oh, see so how good. long it sits before I get to it
1: <laughs> gosh I know my advice the way that I approach it and my advice to Scoop Nation is to let go of the idea of your backlog at least in, let go of the idea that it's like a list of chores that you need to get to because mm-hmm. it's supposed to be an enjoyable hobby it's supposed to be for fun it shouldn't feel like um, you know, an obligation. It shouldn't feel like a job. You know, things that you have to do because you don't want to. Just play when it's when it's time to play games. When the kids are in bed or whatever. When it's Saturday morning, when you roll out of bed and play games, just play whatever sounds like fun in that moment.
4: Yep, agreed. That's my
1: advice. Or watch TV. Or watch TV. Or do whatever. that's also that's fun. Like, if there's something else that sounds like more fun than playing video games, do that instead. If but you <laughs> don't <laughs> go outside. Do not
4: go <laughs> Whatever <outside>. you do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, TV show backlogs is a thing, too, especially it's if, like, thingy. you know, also towards yeah. the end of the year when we're doing votes for, for all of that.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're in a little bit of a different position. We literally have yes. to try all these games, uh, you know, so we can vote in these awards. Everyone mm-hmm. else out there doesn't have that problem. They can just play whatever they yeah. want whenever <laughs> Seriously. they want. What a problem. I will
4: say I have yeah. discovered games that I liked more than I read on paper. So mm. like, you know, reading it on paper is like, oh, it sounds like an interesting gimmick, but then I actually tried it out like Loop Hero. I was surprised mm. at how much mm. I liked that one like loop looping mechanic. Um, and I don't think that I would have fallen in, given myself the opportunity to fall in love with it if I hadn't put it on my okay, must check out for various game of the year mm. considerations list. Yeah.
1: Loop Hero is one uh, that I still need to play, but it's not on my backlog. I'll just get <laughs> oh. to
0: it when I get to it. But you're going you're going to love it, Damon. It's yeah. totally a Dami game.
4: It is yeah. totally a damn
0: game.
2: We'll have Scoop Nation keep your backlog for you, Damon. And it'll there be inescapable.
1: <laughs> I wish. I wish it worked that way. I wish everyone else could play my games while I'm not playing them. Nice. <laughs> no, you'd still have to play them.
4: Yeah. You'd they just tell you it. when. <laughs> yeah.
0: We'll get the Game Scoop Scoop historian to make a list mm-hmm. of every game no. you said you were gonna play eventually. Yes.
1: Yes, that, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there is. I mean, that's good. There is uh, good. a Game Scoop Historian. Good. Uh, this is Will Brown in St. Cloud, Florida says, listener, male first-timer, but long-time listener, do any of you have a holiday ritual that is centered on video games? For me, starting November, I pick one or two titles per console and play through from 8-bit all the way to current-gen, hopefully oh. playing to completion. I think he means like series, like a game series? Yeah. I don't, I don't know else what what else, that, what else mm-hmm. that would mean. Mm -hmm. then on christmas day i get to sink my teeth into the new game experiences received from gifts overall it feels great celebrating the years of holiday video gaming i've had over the years and i get to see and appreciate the steady jumps and fidelity over time i can imagine it's going to get harder to get it all in before christmas as more console generations come in the future p.s save states are never off limits in this house Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's pretty good that's a cute idea um me i don't think i have any like video game traditions over the holidays. Anyone else?
4: Yeah, not really. I mean, it's it's a, a well-told story on Scoop now that like I wasn't raised with being allowed to have consoles, but my cousins did, and we mm-hmm. frequently visited them. I'm born and raised in New York, and I have cousins in Boston, so we frequently would do the road trip over, and that was like the delight. If it was Thanksgiving or if it was Christmas, we'd have mm-hmm. access to some of their consoles, so we'd play multiplayer games. So I guess that's the closest to tradition as it mm-hmm. gets, and these days it's really just that... You know, not Christmas so much, but maybe Thanksgiving, taking advantage of the time to get through our backlog for Game of the Year nomination stuff. hmm Yeah. It's become a work tradition. I don't have any
0: kind of like, you know, I play Super Metroid every Christmas break, like nothing <laughs> like that. But I think, I think kind of like informally, like once it gets to be fall, suddenly I just want to start eating soup. It's like I don't <laughs> need salads anymore. Like it's soup season now. Soup. And like in, in that same way... I'm kind of starting to think about like I just downloaded and reinstalled Dragon Age Inquisition. Like I think I, I subconsciously am like drawn to some like big cozy role playing mm-hmm. game during this season. Um, but not you know there's no there's no like set and stone <clears throat> tradition for me in my house. Yeah.
2: Um. I, I I first of all it's Lord of the Rings season so yeah, you haven't true. got your, your box copy of Lord of the Rings and whatever newest edition is out. I think there was a Ultra 4K edition out last year, which I got and rewatching that was nice. They tweaked the the um, CG to work in 4K really nicely. It, it's amazing looking. Um, but that's always a cozy, fun watch if not a game. Um, but uh, traditionally, I really try to use to, to combine both questions uh, the holiday break to do a backlog game that means a lot to somebody else or something that I've never played. Um, so I've uh, examples have included Final Fantasy VII. Chrono Trigger I played for the first time over a holiday break, which I'd never played back in the day, stuff like that. So, you know, if it's big and it's and it's uh, accessible is a big deal. I think what it's going to be this holiday break is not as retro as those, but I, I need to play uh, Half-Life Alex, And like, I, I'm kind of like, you know, there's enough people that, that love that game. But that's where mm-hmm. I like, want to spend my non work playing time is like trying to figure out, like, what are the classics that I've missed?
1: If I do one. How are we going to play Half-Life Alex?
2: Now, well, I, guess you're going, I, have, I guess you're
1: going back into the office now.
2: Yeah, we have Office Access, but I have one of the Office um, Oculus Quest 2s. I think it's Quest two. Mm. Oculi.
1: Oculi. Oculi.
2: Yeah, and, and, and a gaming PC that can run stuff. I, I've actually loaded up the game. I just have never delved into it. And um, I, I can't wait, actually. I, like, just the other day, Ryan McCaffrey was telling me, you know, and we were in a meeting talking about Half Life in general. He's like, you know, like Half Life Alex is like my favorite Half Life now, and it's one of my favorite games. I just, I just couldn't believe that, and I, I can't wait to play.
4: He yeah. gave it a ten.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I try to play every ten, also by the way. Like that's a thing, you know. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's. I just missed Flight Simulator and Half Life which I could play with my Oculus too, maybe. Right. <laughs> that's true. Uh, Technically, that'd be so scary. <laughs> hmm. I want to fly a plane anyway, let alone on my face.
4: (laughs) Just one notch above Resident Evil on VR, though.
2: Oh my god. Mm. That lady chasing you around the hallway, (laughs) screaming. Great. It's just what I want, stuck to my
4: eyeballs. (sighs) Exactly.
1: I do have a lot of good memories of getting games for Christmas and then like playing games with my cousins uh, over Christmas break. I got the NES the first Christmas that it was available widely, which I believe is 1986. And then I remember I had I had the pack in you know with Rob the robot and the the zapper. So I had Duck Hunt and Jeremite. and I also had Super Mario Brothers. But Sam, I think we were talking about this one time. You think that was sold separately? Super Mario Brothers yeah. wasn't included in that pack.
2: Yeah, that's right. You would have had a well. I'm not sure. So ju- the Rob the robot pack was a standalone without even a zapper in it. And so, do you think you got a zapper independently? I'm-
1: no, I don't think so. I think it, it, was, was, okay. it was the entertainment system. So
2: I, I can't picture the Rob plus Zapper system. I have the Rob box and it's like a big, long square one. And then there yeah. was the control deck and the action set, which is the duck hunt one. And then the there's just uh, those are the permutations. But I'm sure that it does exist as a permutation. I just I can't picture it anyway. Yeah, you would have bought Super Mario Brothers separately, probably. But the confusing thing about that is that you might have gotten it packed in with Duck Hunt on oh. a cartridge and then gyromite on a cartridge. Because I just am unaware of the Zapper Robcon.
1: I know they're all separate
2: cartridges. Oh, well, that's interesting. Then you you got it separately. Because Nintendo wouldn't have shipped, you know, multiple cartridges unless it was just for the the hardware separations.
0: Did you, Damon, did you also have the opposite experience? You're like, yes, Christmas game, let's go. And then you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Like your little heart sinks. No, like, they're because they're all good. Even bad games or... are good oh, when you're a little kid, right? Oh, yeah. That's I what know, is... <laughs> like you get you get like two games a year. Like, that's it, man. Like, that's yeah. it for the year. And then sometimes you play it and you're like, uh, uh.
2: I mean, I had that with Faxanadu or now yeah. we call it Fazanadu. But like, I still remember playing the heck out of it and it was in Nintendo Power, so I didn't care.
0: Yeah, same. I did that with or Bart Jaws. versus the Space Mutants.
2: Oh, God. That's a rough game when you're a yep. kid. And yeah, of I
0: course, d- no.
1: I mean, you know, I got uh fester's quest for christmas one year but i i loved that i didn't even know that that was actually a terrible exactly kids, yeah. kids
0: don't know games are bad that's yeah. true yeah
1: that's true <laughs> i got i know i got karate champ uh for nes and sam that would be a really early nes game mm-hmm. do you think i would have gotten Knock, that in knocks. 86 also i'm surprised uh, that you had an 86 nes actually i know
2: but well so it soft launched It
1: soft launched in 85 in new york and la yeah. Yeah, so there would have been hype by then. Yeah.
2: I didn't get mine until the, the, the power pad was out. But I'd played it mm-hmm. at a friend's house. And stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, you would have got that in 86. It's crazy. But it's and a black box game. So you had all black box games. Those really early ones. Well, well, well no, what is no, Kung Fu? No, no, no. Kung Fu is Kung a black box Kung Fu is game. a black
1: box. Karate Champ yeah. is that like maroon with a it's, yellow well, logo on. I think it's bluish actually, but yeah. Uh, and playing it's it today box. is crazy because there's lots of voice samples in it. And it was like a super early NES game. And I'm is sure it, I didn't is it appreciate a port
2: of a, Arcade game. Of an arcade game? Yeah, yeah. I don't know um, the karate games very well.
1: <laughs> we should do a top ten karate games. So along the same lines of, of getting a bad game and then being stuck with it, we have a question here from David in Western. Australia says uh, it's his first question. after over 10 years of listening to the show it says I was in my local EB games yesterday with my wife, enjoying a rare break from parenting when she gave approval for a new game purchase. After browsing around for a little, I came to the conclusion that there wasn't much I needed. Although I was tempted by far cry six guardians of the galaxy, etc. just not enough to say, yes, I need this. It made me think back to being a young teen in Scotland and how I could spend an hour searching through shelves at game, reading every game box, and truly exploring what was available. Now, with so much information available and so much gaming content, I generally scan a shelf and know what most games are and how they were received pretty quickly, meaning I no longer discover games the way I used to. So my question is, does the illustrious panel miss the days of knowing less about games, the discovery of seeing a box on the shelf for the first time and taking it home to unravel its mystery for yourself? Anyone? Um. OK. I have two thoughts.
2: One is that I did that mainly with rentals, right? Yeah. Yeah, Because I'd go to the, the, you know, up through the blockbuster days, you'd go and kind of look at like, oh, look at all these Super Nintendo Genesis games or look at all these PlayStation games. Like, what what are the the fun ones to check out? Um, And then they were inevitably, you know, either cool or disappointing. But let me caveat that with there wasn't a time in my life in which I was interested in games that I was not reading about games because Mm -hmm. I got into Nintendo Power at the same time, I got an NES, uh, just it completely concurrently. Um, and I always looked at the previews and I always looked at like, you know, the, the special Games in there, and I got excited about games by looking at magazine pages, and that, that carried through to EGM in the early 90s, and it carried through to IGN in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, that's the through line. I mean, that's why I do this job, is because I really liked that's what I loved. I loved like reading and, and, and reading about games and then getting excited about them before I bought them, and then making like, consumer decisions based on that. I don't know. That was like a thing I was cared
1: about, even being a little.
4: Yeah, it's yes. true that.
1: Or go ahead, Tina.
4: I was just going to kind of relate to that because. Also, just the general like knowledge base that's out there inherently means you're not um, you're not just looking at what's available on a shelf, what was able to get That kind of attention at a store, at a retailer, um, whatever size it may be. Like, there's, there are way too many games out there. So inherently Mm -hmm. having access to more information does mean you could probably get towards, you know, information overload on one particular title if it has a huge marketing budget and there's like a thousand trailers that come out and eventually Mm -hmm. you're like, all right, I'm sick of it. I just want to play the thing. That definitely happens with some of the bigger budget games. But without like access to a larger swath of news, you're kind of inevitably limiting how many games you can discover anyway. So even mm-hmm. just looking at like Steam pages um, for different games and taking a really quick look at some of the gameplay videos and trailers at your own leisure kind of gives you more access to pot- potential more games. Like, I don't think Loop Hero is a game I would have played unless I was sitting and reading about it and discovering mm-hmm. like, oh, this sounds interesting. I might be, I might be down to play it versus if I just saw like box art somewhere, not that it's a physical yeah. game or anything.
1: Yeah, I don't know, that there was really too long of a time in my life when I didn't feel super informed about every game that I would see on the shelves cuz like Sam was saying by 1990 like EGM was so thick and there was Nintendo Power so like there weren't too many games coming to retail that hadn't been written about and had screenshots posted in some magazine. So but like those first couple years before Nintendo Power, I think I was just like seeing commercials I, I remember commercials for uh, Zelda and Mike Tyson's Punch Out. And then I think there was like word of mouth spreading around. So, like, there weren't commercials for Contra or Mega Man, but other kids at school in the playground were talking about those games, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, I definitely like uh, my relationship with playing video games is wrapped up in my relationship with reading about them. And then, really, probably pretty quickly from the time I was about 12 or 13, writing about them. And that's always yeah. been like one big thing for me. Um, uh, yeah like when i was super little like yeah i can remember picking a game based off box art and stuff like that never never ended up well yeah <laughs> that's the risk
1: <laughs> that's how i ended um, up with jekyll and mr hyde
2: yep. No. oh gosh that game's really bad jekyll, you had that yeah. one
1: I, I i spent my allowance money on it it's so terrible oh, yeah.
2: brutal that game frankenstein's really bad too yeah. uh, kind of a similar monstery game um i uh, wanted to add to that that like i didn't get to experience this really in any in any way. But there was a time in which games were basically reliant on in-person eye candy to to attract people over. And that was the big arcade era. And I think that would have been so exciting to like you go to a destination. There's these giant machines that have like custom light displays and and things to draw different types of uh, players in. And you never knew what you're going to get because arcades. There's no promo strategy, nobody knew what Nintendo was. And like, you know, games would come in and just appear there. And sometimes they'd appear in Northern California, especially here, the Bay Area, they'd appear there when they're in test markets and you just play this mm-hmm. new game. And you might never see it again because they might just never even manufacture that game. Like, that's true, like in-person excitement that I regret missing. But just to cap that thought, I really recommend going to an arcade show sometime. Go to like, uh, we have one up there called California Extreme yeah. and um, go, go to one when, when they're possible again because it you do because there's so many unknown games anyway that you just missed i I mean i'm i'm heavily into this and i get so excited walking into one of those being like what the heck is this war of the worlds game that's in black and white vector graphics that has an amazing cabinet that i've never seen before like that that'll just happen at these conventions and it's super
4: i guess you could recreate the experience of like walking into a blockbuster or whatever by like <clears throat> logging on and looking at game pass and seeing what's available and just randomly yeah. downloading things. Like I definitely downloaded a couple things where I'm like, Oh, Sable, like heard that name passed around a few times. Definitely should put it on the list and keep it on the backlog. Like you, you do, you go through, that's like the modern equivalent of how you go mm-hmm. through that experience of just picking things off a shelf, a digital yeah. shelf.
1: Yeah. I like that. That's a good idea. You should
4: format it that
2: way. It's just like we go into game store mode and you like go and you're like looking at shelves.
4: Yeah, once VR is widespread enough, you just be able to, like, walk around the store like they show in movies. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Okay, this is Kyle in San Francisco. He says, with the Game Awards coming next week and IGN's award season on the horizon, (laughs) I was curious about your thoughts on awards and award shows and the games industry. While GameScoop may be the only video game podcast, it seems like there are a (laughs) lot of different sources – and shows for game awards. There doesn't seem to be any a definitively recognized game of the year award whereas the Emmys, Grammys, Oscars, and Tonys dominate each of their respective fields. So why are there so many different game of the year sources? And why isn't there one award show that the industry and fans rally around? Do You think there will ever be one game of the year award that is recognized above others, perhaps on the level of the Oscars? Uh, is it the game awards, the dice awards, IGN's game of the year awards, the Damies? So, I mean there's a good reason for this, right? <laughs> Awkward silence. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, I was thinking like Jeff Keeley's ears are scratching somewhere out there in the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or there's burning, a, whatever the English yeah, equivalent yeah, of that yeah. is. <laughs>
1: um there's a good reason. The Oscars, the Grammys, are, um the Emmys, those are all award ceremonies given put on by the industry. So it's people who work in the industry giving themselves awards. Whereas, well, so you know, I IGN's an independent media company, you know. We don't make games. So
0: and Except for IGN insane. 25, the game. That's true. Um, but that, that, that makes the DICE Awards the closest equivalent, right? Where it's voted it. on by a journey of your peers versus, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, mm-hmm. media voted awards are more like, you know, the Golden Globes in front of the Oscars.
4: And yeah. every media outlet does their own, you know, iris- even from an entertainment standpoint, like irrespective of the formal official capacity mm-hmm. ones, they'll do their own end of year stuff too. And I kind of always see it as, like, I think it's good that there are multiple ones. I'm sure that... From, you know, just a general audience standpoint, there's got to be a level of fatigue involved in that, too. But, Mm -hmm. you know, what you would generally do is pick the outlets or maybe the bylines that you most associate with and kind of follow that around. Similar to reviews, you know, like for... When you're looking around and reading people's reviews, you might read several of them. You might not agree with all of them. There might be points that you allocate from reading a few of them and you can kind of arrive at your own conclusion that way. So it's it's useful as like a recommendation system. If you can, if you look at a couple of words and like, oh, if several of these outlets that I follow recommended Sable for a variety of categories, maybe that means I should check it out. And that's like a, a kind of a crude system that you can use rather than giving it too much weight, I think is the trick. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, I actually think
0: or go ahead Justin. I mean there's also awards as a game recommendation like yes this game won an award now I must play it it's great versus uh, a recognition of the artistic achievement you know particularly if we're talking about acting awards or animation or, or uh uh like if you're a animator in a video game and your game wins an animation award like that is a feel good moment for you but it's not necessarily like yes, you consumers should now go out and play that game. It's just kind of, um, you know, a a recognition of someone being at the top of their craft.
4: Unless you're Mm. really into animation. Sure, yeah. Then, like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I think having independent, you know, media awards is more valuable than something like the Oscars or the Grammys, because, uh, like I said, for the the Oscars are directors and producers and actors and screenwriters all voting for themselves and, and their their colleagues and that sort of thing. But of course, you know, IGN has you know Movie of the Year awards. Other outlets, uh, Slashfield, Rolling Stone, everyone who covers movies will have their own awards, and they're a little bit more I don't know they're a little bit more impartial. <laughs> I'm going to share my screen now. So we're going to jump back to 2003, December of 2003. This is a time that I was not reading Nintendo Power. I mean, this was a time when people weren't playing Nintendo games, too. Well, this is, so this is the GameCube era. Okay, I'm let's just go full screen. Okay, everyone got this? Yeah. 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 December 2003, Nintendo Power, Fire Emblem GBA on the cover. I mm-hmm. think that was the first Fire Emblem to come... To North America?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was Intelligent Systems' big follow up from Advance Wars. And, yeah. you know, for a hot second there, they were alternating between the two before, before Fire Emblem seemed to win. Yeah. Uh,
1: also in this issue, Mario Kart Double Dash, Kirby Air Ride, Miller Solid mm-hmm. Twin Snakes. So this is the GameCube and Game Boy Advance era of Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And, and Sam, you think this is sort of a downtime for them?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I remember reading IGN frequently during this time and, you know, the IGN Nintendo team had it real hard. They got clowned on constantly by the PlayStation team and uh, they did a really good job hyping me in on uh, GameCube games
0: because that's all I had to play games on. This is also um, this is peak, peak Monkey Ball era. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's late, late 2013, well, late 2003. Yes. Emphasize
1: yeah. the sadness of the era. I loved Double Dash. <laughs> I mean, I played a lot of Double Dash and Monkey Ball. Um, So this is when this is an area era when Nintendo Power had ads, which is a little bit odd sometimes. But we got an ad for uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, which is a game I loved. And this just seeing this totally makes me want to play Final Fantasy Tactics Advance again. And they're pushing subscriptions. They're pushing subscriptions. Uh, If you subscribe, you can pick your own player's guide uh, from Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, or Mario Kart Double Dash. And I a print
2: guide so for cool. a racing game, sure.
1: A print sure. guide, yeah. You need to know how to play, <laughs> Sam. That's uh, crazy. Justin, can you shed light on this? This is an ad for Magic the Gathering Super Series. It, you, were you playing Magic at this time?
0: Uh, I mean, I was in and out my whole life. Mm. I, don't, I don't know what this is. This is probably like the junior, like they had sure. a farm league for their pro league.
1: Yeah, it says it's, it's for players 15 or under.
0: Oh, no, I don't know what the junior, I mean, it, it says like prize pool, college scholarships. Yeah. So no, I don't know this explicitly, but this was in the peak of like magic's power. And like, it was like an eSport before eSports were a thing. It was on ESPN yeah. when there were these giant prize pools and they had a pro <laughs> league. And so it sounds like this is some kid's version of like a farm league for that. But no, I'm not sure. Yeah.
1: Mm. Oh. It's pretty cool. Magic the Gathering ad in Nintendo Power. This is an ad for a uh, clone trooper statue. A new, I guess this is like a Hasbro line of Star Wars statues because mm-hmm. they've also got Chewbacca and Skywalker. And so what, 2003 would be after um, Attack of the Clones? Mm-hmm. Is that right? I guess it's Sound between right? that and Sith. And Sith, yeah. Because Sith was 05, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, some pretty good letters in the uh, player polls here. A letter from... Oh, letter art. Peg Leg Tricky said, in Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Brothers 3 for GBA, can you choose between Mario and Luigi? I remember in both of the old versions for NES and Super NES that you could only be Luigi if you played a two-player game. You can have a two-player game in the GBA version, right? Nintendo Power says, Luigi is in Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Brothers 3, and you can play as him two ways in a two-player game and in the new one-player e-reader card levels. Oh, boy.
2: That's so complicated.
1: Yep. There's so
0: much going on there.
1: You have to buy the e-reader card and then scan it and then you can just play as Luigi in a single player game.
0: I love the amount of times that my brain flashes on those old GBA e-reader cards is so frequent. because like, it's the weirdest <laughs> thing of like this physical device that you would you would swipe <laughs> cards like you swipe a credit card, and then I it know. would it would do stuff in Game Boy games. And like there was a there was a WarioWare, there was a Mario Party, and they made There's super Mario world levels that nobody on earth has ever played because they came out 10 (laughs) years after Mario world in the GBA version. And you had to swipe a card to play them. Like it's, it's completely insane.
1: Um, it is insane. And they talk about it this week. Really? Yeah. To do what, what did you unlock?
2: Well, we are, you know, it's for a, a project for IGN. Okay. But, uh, I was, uh, uh, just making sure they were working. Cause I was going mm. through a bunch of our library stuff and I found a couple cards in e reader. It's <laughs> like, I've
0: never even messed with one of these before. I look at and it. I
2: see how they work too. They have like a little barcode basically. And the yep. camera reads it. It's like a QR code.
0: I like, I, I look at it on eBay all the time. Like the, the amount of times that I like I'm hovering over the buy button. I should just do it. It doesn't <laughs> look like a Nintendo device. It's like clear gray plastic. Mm-hmm. And like the
2: e-reader logo doesn't look Nintendo. It looks like a, fax machine from 1998.
1: Yep. Very strange. It's awesome. Uh, does everyone remember the Ubisoft game 13?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Cell yeah, it's up to 20 questions all the time with David Duchovny uh, providing his voice, I think. Uh, I did remember that. A question from Catherine says, is Ubisoft's game pronounced X I I I or eight? <laughs> I would really like to know because it looks like an awesome game. Just thought that was funny. Aww. It is pronounced 13. And then uh, I guess Nintendo Power had asked uh, readers what their favorite video game series was. Heidi wrote in to say, my favorite game series of all time is the Legend of Zelda series. What other series has a hunky blonde haired blue eyed Hylian who makes the girls (laughs) swoon at first sight? I don't really think of Link as hunky, but you know, you you do you. He's pretty hunky in Breath of the Wild. Like back then? I guess he starts off with his shirt off, I guess.
4: And she does specify, you know, the the, the region specific and yeah. it's kind of limited to Zelda there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Mark says, my favorite series would be Banjo-Kazooie. It brought me what I've always wanted, gameplay with variety in it. Oh,
2: I thought he was going to say a hunky bird.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like this one from Aaron. My favorite game series is Kirby. I have all the Game Boy Kirby games. The only Kirby game I haven't played is Kirby's Dream Course. To make a long story short... Kirby is the best game series ever. I want to give a shout out to my Kirby crazed friend Andrew. Kirby rules. What's what's that letter writer's name? Andrew Aaron. Sorry, Aaron. Aaron and Andrew. Yeah, Aaron. Uh, don't and don't at me. <laughs> um. Is there any other? Oh yeah, my favorite series of all time is Earthbound because this game has got some of the coolest characters, rad places, and the storyline of the series was funny in some parts but serious in others. Oh. The Earthbound is not a series in the US, is it? Oh, man, that might be the debate of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> An ad for Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg. I've never played I this, this game. I had it. But it says from the creator
0: of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, it's good. Sonic Team. It's good. It's pretty fun. Never
1: played that one. Some more album arts and uh, including some nice. particularly funny ones of Link doing other odd, job, odd jobs, uh, including being a salary man. And being in Dragon Ball Z, I guess. Okay. Beautiful Joe. The power charts. Top-selling Nintendo GameCube games. Number one, Soul Calibur 2. Mm. Followed by Mario Golf, Toadstool Tour. Got Madden in there. F Zero GX, Super Smash Brothers Melee. It's interesting to see a Mario Golf game outselling Smash Brothers. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Player's Choice games. There's an asterisk, player's choice, but it says Player's Choice. Uh, courtesy of the Nintendo Power crew. So this is just what the the editors like are looking forward to at the time. Beautiful Joe, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, Mario Kart Double Dash and
0: Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg. Beautiful Joe is um, it's not literally the first. It's one of the first games I can remember writing a review for. Wow. Mm -hmm. I wasn't I wasn't being paid at the time. I was working as a volunteer writer for a for a fan site like a lot of kids were at the time.
3: Yeah.
2: Beyond I think that the- Soul Calibur has Link in it, right? That's yep. the
0: one,
1: right? That's the one. Yep. And then under Most Wanted, it's Tales of Symphonia. Justin, did you play that one?
0: Yeah, that was the is only. It, is, it's the it's the first Tales game, and that's the only one I've played.
1: Isn't there a new Tales game like out this year that people like a lot? Yes, Arise. Tales of-, of Arise. Arise. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: It's interesting. Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes, Resident Evil Four, Killer Seven. Ooh, they're going to be disappointed, I think. And Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life.
0: I Here's like a Walmart. Killer 7.
1: You like Killer 7? I thought people yeah. didn't like it. Okay. Uh, a Walmart yeah. ad that's a little unusual. It's a, a little man standing on top of a giant GameCube.
0: What? And it <laughs> says,
1: 1492, Columbus declares the world is round. 2003, Michael disagrees.
4: Oh, wow. Interesting. I what?
1: don't Because it's a cube, but like, I don't know. I don't Because there's another it.
4: dimension to it? <laughs> it's, it's, it's also not like, round,
0: <laughs> but objectively false Michael like I don't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't know
0: why is why is Walmart doing that ad yeah Uh, I don't get it
2: hey Walmart you want to buy an ad about Nintendo in our magazine about Nintendo seems a little circuitous there (laughs) we're
1: gonna hear from Kmart a little later in the issue Uh, the Game Boy best selling Game Boy uh, list is Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire Donkey Kong Country some Dragon Ball Z game some Yu-Gi-Oh game Disney's Finding Nemo, nothing really too uh, uh, exciting in there. But under the Players' Choice Game Boy list, it's Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, Fire Emblem, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Better games in there.
0: Dude, look at how. Mm. Wait, come back. So the GameCube came out 2001, so it's two years old. Yep. And look, it's ninety nine dollars at Walmart. Oh, (laughs) that makes
1: my heart hurt. I know they had to drop the price that much, but I think it was only two hundred at launch. I want to say. Oh boy. What
0: a steal! I mean, that it probably costs you ninety nine dollars to buy a GameCube now in twenty (laughs) twenty one. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Um, Under Game Watch uh,
1: for like previews, they've got Tony Hawk's Underground, Prince of Persia Sands of Time, True Crime Streets of L.A., Donkey Konga, Star Wars Flight of the Falcon, which I thought was how did I not know about this game? But it's a GBA game. Oh, and then Ultimate Card Games. And then, of course, the deal of the century, a little news bite. If you haven't bought a Nintendo GameCube yet, now's the time because Nintendo recently slashed the price to a suggested $99. Incredible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Let's see here. What else is in here? Oh, yeah. GBA goes wireless. Sometimes the most challenging part of connectivity is getting connected. Nintendo took a giant step to make that easier by revealing a wireless accessory for GBA that will take the place of the GBA Game Link cables. The device, still unnamed, uses high-speed RF technology developed by Motorola and will be introduced early next year in Japan with two new Pokemon games for GBA. No release date has been set for North America at this time. We'll keep you posted. Is this just for wirelessly connecting... To, to another game, game Boy?
0: Yeah, I mean, it says it's replacing the Link Cable. Like, you'd, yeah. you'd cable Game Boys together, like, trade Pokemon and, and you know, play mm-hmm. games against each other. But I don't, I don't ever remember this thing.
2: That tech was definitely built into the DS, although the DS also yeah. just had Wi-Fi.
1: Maybe that wireless adapter never came out in the US. I'm not sure. Uh, but here's another... Bizarre peripheral that apparently Nintendo released in China. It says, below is a photograph of a very cool and very different gaming device from Nintendo. What looks like a big, big controller is actually the IQ Player, a new gaming system that Nintendo is introducing in China. The IQ is a controller and console in one games are copied onto memory cards at retailers and plugged into the IQ like a GBA game pack would be. The system is compact and inexpensive, selling for the equivalent of 60 US dollars. The IQ was designed to play translated versions of Super NES and Nintendo 64 games and new games that will be de- developed for the console in China by Chinese development teams. We think Nintendo's designers deserve a big hand.
2: <laughs> that I didn't did- know it played Super Nintendo games.
1: Yeah, Well, so you, you were, you've heard of this thing before?
2: Well Yeah, I mean I, I was aware that it was like a Nintendo sixty four
0: effort in China. I didn't know it was a controller with a console in it. Yeah, I remember the IQ name and branding, mm. but not not these specifics. Weird. Mm. Uh,
1: remember the that trilogy of Lord of the Rings games, Sammy says yeah. it's that time of year?
0: Yeah, they're
2: great. Yeah, I yeah, I, I only played the two towers one, but it like yeah. it got me through
1: they basically just an RPG. They basically just let you play through each movie, right? In a big yeah. action games Good uh they for the time they're showing return of the king here and then the, bizarrely oh yeah there's a, a screenshots of prince of persia the sands of time and i just think it's funny because we, we're still waiting on that remake from Ubisoft. <laughs> yeah uh randomly there's just an interview with todd mcfarland in here and it doesn't seem to be related to anything it's just <laughs> it's just thrown in the middle and it just it opens up with the question what are some of your inspirations for the male bolgia character I I have no idea who that is or what that's from, Uh, or...
2: That's the lead demon from Spawn in, like, the first uh, run of Spawn early issues. There's, like, a giant, giant, like, cool monster demon.
1: Okay. Still seems a little random. Strange. Very strange. (laughs) There's Uh, a do you play
4: video games question.
1: Yeah, but he says no. <laughs> 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 he says, "So do you play video games?" I've got three young kids, so I don't play that many games with them. We have a hectic life, but when we do play, it's usually Super Mario or Donkey Kong.
0: Mm-hmm. Justin, did you ever play Onimusha Tactics? No, I didn't. know there wasn't Onimusha Tactics. This looks like I didn't either. My kind of game.
1: I know. I love the pixel art. It looks like you know Final Fantasy Tactics. So nope, I'll have to check that one out sometime. So here's a section about websites of the time. Nintendo Online, I guess Kirby's website. So they're sh- they're showcasing Kirby's official website, which was kirbykirbykirby.com.
0: <laughs> I think that still exists. I am gonna go to it. I think um, around this era, I don't. It might literally be in two thousand three. Um, I actually owned Mario Kart Double dot com. Jeez, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I used to make a, I used to make a hobby out of like grabbing domain names when things were <laughs> when like things were announced. Yeah, but they're like. They're detailing things you
1: can find at SuperMarioAdvance.com, F0.JP.
2: So Kirby 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 forwards you to Kirby.Nintendo.com, which for
1: a Which four a Okay, <laughs> cool. Here's our big cover story on Fire Emblem. I've actually never played this Fire Emblem on GBA.
0: See, I think I'm- it's I think it's a remake of the original, the NES original. I don't quite recall. I, I played mm-hmm. it. I own it
1: um big preview on mario kart double dash which is a little the way they handle it is interesting let's see they explain it here uh mario kart games have always been about freewheeling fun in the latest century double dash for the gamecube is the wildest ride yet the game is so good that we decided to show it to some dedicated kart fans to get their reactions nintendo power discovered todd and buzz while reading their fanzine the art of kart and decided that they would be the perfect pair to preview the new game so they've got two writers from a Mario Kart fanzine to do this preview. Influencers. Yeah, they are the original influencers. <laughs> there was one good little quote. Uh, so it, they go over different features, and then they allow both Todd and Bud to sort of give their opinion. So for on the on the uh, topic of, you know, should you go with a heavy cart or a light cart, Buzz says, I'm going to go on record as saying heavy carts are for studs and light carts are for people who forget when their half of the rent is due.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. So, do not understand? Do you think do they exist? <laughs> what? But I don't don't know how says? Yeah, and you think they're constructs? The, Nintendo Power. <laughs> they could do whatever they wanted. Man, there's no cop. There is no cops. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And they're having a giveaway for this T-shirt. This Mario Kart
1: double dash T-shirt. But it's just the front is black with some tire tracks on it, and then in oh, the back. Hate it. There's a a very small image of either Mario or Luigi. Oh God! <laughs> it's, it's really, it says. There's only like um, uh, 500 of them that they gave out. 500 winners, yeah.
2: All right, Scoop Nation, if you yep. have one of these, we want to see you
1: wearing yep. it. Yep, 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 yep. We want you to model it for us. Uh, Mario Party 5, is this one of the good ones, Sam? Hell yeah, it's one of the good ones. Okay. Peak, peak Mario Party. Peak Mario Party, okay.
2: It came with a microphone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's cool. That was- and then they're uh, spread out, Their their poster spread was just... Facts about Mario Party 5 and then a Mario for President poster. Nice. I like this poster. It's a Beyond Good and Evil ad. That's a great game. But it's mm-hmm. also interesting since it's an ad. You have They've got the PlayStation and Xbox logos in Nintendo Power. Which is kind of interesting.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. This is a totally bizarre feature. I guess there was a Kirby cartoon.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there was. Okay, right I hatchet. didn't know.
1: It was on Fox.
2: Yeah, at the same and, time that Pokemon was on.
1: A little bit after, maybe. So this says on October thirteenth, Kirby air Ride started tearing up the skies with new action for the pink powerhouse. This issue we're continuing our sneak preview of fall TV episodes that will reveal the game's backstory. So is this a pre? Is are they are these like images from the cartoon? Because it's like several pages long. For some reason, I think that that's
2: like a a manga version of
0: the anime, and I don't know why they're doing it this way. Yeah, they like made a comic book out of it using still frames.
1: Yeah, it's but like they show a lot of it, so I don't know. It's just I didn't even realize there was a Kirby cartoon. Yeah, yeah shortly. I notes. also didn't realize there was a Masters of the Universe game from 2003 for Xbox and GameCube. I don't know why they wow. had to put interactive above the screenshots or below the title. <laughs> 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 There's a preview of Metal Gear Solid Twin Stakes. Is this a good one sam i never played this version of it
2: uh hold on so this
0: is the twin snakes is they a remade remake. they remade metal gear solid but i was like for, only a couple years after it came out
1: yeah well so, it wasn't solid like 98 so it'd been well, like five it, years it's it's i think silicon knights worked on this yeah that is exactly right and that's why there's an interview yeah. with dennis dyak And listen to this. This is how the interview starts. Dennis Dyack says, I'm sorry, we don't have much time. (laughs) Nintendo Power says, no problem, we'll keep IGN waiting. What the hell? that's amazing why' that's is amazing. It so good
0: why is that in print
2: <laughs> I'm so proud right now that's so amazing um, yeah so uh, I did play this uh, this is this is the only real version of Metal Gear Solid that I played it's like as hmm. a little bit confusing uh, the whole game's confusing right but uh, w- w- it has Yoshi in it which is what? really
0: strange a little because
2: it because it was a GameCube exclusive yeah it had a little toy of Yoshi on somebody's computer which that's I think cool. there was probably other Nintendo references I also oh, think that Hobbit
0: game. Yeah. Am, am I remembering correctly that Twin Snakes? I, I think like it came out five years before. They're like you're right, and they re-recorded all the dialogue. I think they redid it all, yeah. like all new yeah. voice acting. Yeah, it's a full-on remake. And so, like that's and so whether it's better or not, it's kind of like a toss-up. Like it's sort of like, do you prefer the original? They like retranslated mm-hmm. the game.
2: Well, and like Psycho Mantis has different tricks. Yeah.
0: And then um,
2: Mm. what I remember, I don't think this is in the PlayStation version. Again, I've only played a little bit of the PlayStation version, but it has a first person mode. So you can like switch into first person.
0: Does the PlayStation version have that? No, that's new in Twin Snakes. Okay. (laughs) I really, yeah, I really really have a soft spot for this game, by the way, this Hobbit game.
1: Yeah. Well, so this is good. This oh, hobby. So, the, in, no, in the midst of curious. in the midst of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, I guess it had concluded at this at this time. So, there was another Hobbit game from Sierra that's just based on the books.
0: So they don't didn't have the movie license; they only had right. the book license. Is the thing about right. it? No, like no, the game's not very good. But like it's a it's a very standard, you know, third person, you know, Mario sixty four clone platformer. Like you collect a bunch wow. of junk. Like okay. I, I I really liked it, but it's not it's not good.
2: Mm. Hold, hold on, here are the features. Saving, gems, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> coins, mushrooms, picking locks. Yeah,
0: that's a I mean, typical him. day for a hobbit.
1: Yep, Saving!
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, they're having a giveaway for Beautiful Joe. Ride the hippest super vehicle around, a beautiful Vespa worthy of Joe himself.
2: I forgot how just immensely dorky Beautiful Joe looks like without his
1: gear on. Without his gear on? I do like, like a, that. That scooter's great, though. I hope somebody actually won this. It's a red scooter with a beautiful Joe logo on it. I hope somebody got that. Um, and then they have a whole feature section on RPGs. They call it Epic Center it's for your epic news for epic games. Um, uh-huh. they've, they've got Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga in there. Ad sure. for Prince of Persia. And then this is interesting. There's an <clears throat> ad for Blackthorn coming to Game Boy Advance, the Super Nintendo game from Blizzard, Blackthorn, which is an awesome game. I just I didn't realize they brought it to GBA and they took out a whole full page ad for it.
0: Well, and it's weird to see them invoking Diablo. Like, it's nothing like Diablo.
1: I know. Yeah. It's not for Diablo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it has nothing to do with Diablo. That's it's also. Great. Interesting, I'm pretty sure in 2003, the Game Boy Advance SP was out. Mm, so I don't yeah. know why in this ad they have the original Game Boy model in here. Um, it's just easier e- to, I don't know.
2: As part of this project where I was digging through our you know hundreds and hundreds of Game Boy games this week, um, the the GBA games, there are so many more Super Nintendo ports than I realized. It, it, it Just really? so much Super Nintendo stuff just mm-hmm. came out, and Genesis,
1: just came straight to the GBA like this. Interesting um there's an ad for a crouching tiger hidden dragon game which i didn't realize was a thing oh weird again everything had a game right it's also probably five years after that movie came out yeah whoa is it Jeez. i said it was late 90s whole preview on the gba version of banjo kazooie grunty's revenge Mm -hmm. i never played the portable version i don't
0: don't know if that came out i don't know
1: you don't think i think it actually came out
0: yeah i mean rare rare made gba games after they were bought by Microsoft, yeah. what, like a
1: couple or, of, them. or at least DS, right? Because there was Viva Pinata. I mean, this was after they were bought by right? by Microsoft in yeah. two
2: thousand three. They were already yeah. gone. Yeah, after Star Fox Adventures, they were out. And that was not a, like, only a did it
4: thing. come out, but IGN gave it an eight out of ten. Eight.
1: I wow. know who would have given that Same score. So. Yeah. Um, um. Craig Harris. Yep. Uh Well, I assume. Maybe I'm wrong.
4: No, you're right. Yeah. Nailed, <laughs> Nailed it.
1: Uh, there's a whole section on e-reader, like Justin was saying. Uh, and then they, they explain like what it does in Super Mario Advance 4. And there's one of the cards is a demo card that when you swipe it, you can watch the pros at Nintendo conquer the most hair-raising stages and complete the most sought after secrets.
0: So cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm pulling up eBay right now. I don't think I can okay. handle this anymore. <laughs> I really want one.
1: <laughs> the game and watch e-reader with the cards you could you could play all your favorite Game will Watch games like Ball, Chef, mm. Egg, <laughs> Judge, How many times do <laughs> they have to roll these out? Tropical Fish. Pretty good. Uh, and then a preview of Only Mission Tactics. Here's your Kmart ad. And it's a weird, it's a weird ad. It's, a, it's for, well, OK. There's an image of people having like a rooftop barbecue and Link is there, Wind Waker version of Link. And they're all just chatting and they're playing some Zelda game on a CRT television on their rooftop. <laughs> And it says your link to adventure purchase a Nintendo GameCube and you'll get the Legend of Zelda collector's edition disc featuring the Legend of Zelda, Zelda 2, the Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask and the Wind Waker demo.
2: Look, clearly everybody's having a good time talking to each other and Link is
0: talking to nobody. (laughs) (laughs) They're all like, oh, like they're all trying to like (laughs) avert their eyes. Don't make eye contact with them. But do you remember
1: this collector's disc? Did it have all of those original games on it? And then and then a demo of Wind Waker? Yeah, it's amazing. Okay, I I, I, I missed that one. That's pretty
2: cool. There's two collector's discs. Discs, Mm This one of them had the uh, the, all these games on it. And then the other one has the master quest for uh, Ocarina of Time on it. Yep. And that's fantastic collections.
1: And now that's incredibly valuable, by the way. Wow. They're amazing. In their reviews, they review Kirby Air Ride. They liked that one a lot. Um, Star Wars Rogue Squadron 3 Rebel Strike. I never played that one. I liked it a lot.
2: It's great. It's just they had a, a too many of the um, on foot levels, um, mm, but yeah. they looked really good at the time. And like still the space levels look like that's on GameCube. When you look at that yeah. game, it's like it's incredible.
1: <clears throat> yeah. The, the, what was the it was? Rogue Leader was the second one.
2: Who oh, no, knows? It's all rogue <clears throat> something,
1: Rouge that's, something or other. Yeah, that's the one I played. Uh, they love Fire Emblem. he got almost all five stars. Uh, oh, and here's an ad to buy an ocarina, <laughs> an actual ocarina from a company, Songbird Ocarinas in Santa Barbara. Says it's easy to play. They have a few different models. The sweet potato model is just one octave and it was $40. Well, look, you get it's ex- got honky
2: link on a dragon.
1: <laughs> no, I wanted to point out that's clearly a stoned teenager. Yep. 100 riding a dragon. He's ha- He's hallucinating He's riding a dragon while he plays his ocarina, and he's high out of his mind. Hundred <laughs> percent.
0: Typical Santa Barbara. It's got. To, it's got to ride that dragon, man. Yeah.
1: Uh, oh, see, they reviewed. They reviewed uh, Bungo Grunty's Revenge as well.
0: I don't know if that comes out to an eight
1: point five. All those stars. <laughs> all I like this those stars. <laughs> so this is like they're they're like reviewers key. This is so crazy when this is how they tried to let you know whether your taste would line up with their reviewers. Oh, that's listed, so cool. They've got 10 different game genres represented by a different symbol and each reviewer listed the symbols in order of preference in in like so like the first symbol is like their favorite genre and the last symbol would be the least favorite but they're so small and like who's going through to like trying okay so alan let's see he really likes rpgs and then sports games and he doesn't like what is it fighting games you have to do that for each one i think that's could, clever though oh my gosh You could have
2: done it with words
1: i think i think so for each person just say there are three different genres that they liked yeah you know, their that. top three yeah but i do think we should do this uh tina let's have every reviewer at ign do this <laughs> exercise. <laughs> I <I'll laughs> love it. And that's it. Next issue, they've got strategies for uh, Mario Kart Double Dash. Um, more on Superstar Saga. 1080 Avalanche. Beyond Good and Evil. Sonic Heroes. Freedom Fighters. And that is the December 2003 issue of Nintendo
0: Power. I bought an e-reader, by the way. Right,
1: oh, really? Already?
0: Yeah. But, but no cards yet. So <laughs> How are you even going to source the card? Oh, I bet you can just print them. Well, yeah, I don't know if they can be pirated. The, the cards are actually more expensive than the e-reader. So um, <laughs> I, I, I guess I've been uh, hoisted on my own petard on this one. <laughs> you don't well, think you can? I bet you could figure this out somehow. Yeah, when it, I'll, I'll look into it when I'm not uh, on a show. I, <laughs> yeah. I, do, I really do think it's like a QR code thing. I don't think there's metal inside the cards or anything. I think it's magnetic. I think it's a magnetic strip you swipe. I mean, you're the one that just messed with one.
2: Yeah, that's why I'm thinking. Like, I think I saw little dots of white and black, like along the edge. But mm. ma- yeah, maybe there's like a pr- proto NFT reader or whatever in it. NFT.
0: No, what are they I, called? I not, but dude, not, it's, not not
2: fungible tokens. What is it called in? Um,
0: yeah, the, uh, the, amiibo. the, the amiibo. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna. I was gonna make it's, that same connection. Is it's like proto Amiibo tech? N-
2: near field communication, maybe NFC. Yeah. Yes. NFC. Yeah,
4: near field yeah. communication. For you. Well, when, oh, it,
0: boy. when it arrives,
1: Justin, you can do some show and tell.
0: Yeah, but I don't have the cards. I just have the plastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'll figure it out.
1: And that brings us to video game 20 questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Kevin Osborne in Detroit, Michigan. Let the questioning begin. You gave us so many last week, Damon.
0: Why do we have to do it again? <laughs> Yeah,
4: technically that was like two weeks ago.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Did this game come out uh, in on or before December 2013, 2003? I mean, from the magazine. The magazine. The era of the magazine or earlier? (laughs) Uh, I really screwed that up. I apologize. We
4: we usually do like, could this have been in the magazine? Is that what you're going for? Well, but then that's
0: why I fumbled it because it's a Nintendo-only magazine. (laughs) Right. I just, I just want to move on.
4: But there's ads. Could have been. Yeah, I was gonna say it could have been an advertisement.
0: Including uh, in the advertisements. There you go. Is there a world in which this game could have appeared? <laughs> Why does this I, take typing? Maybe it came out like right around. Uh, how do you want to phrase your question? Oh my god!
3: I, I guess it, you could like, say
4: uh, you could say like, would it? Did it come did, out in the timeline of that magazine?
0: Yeah. Did it come out on or before December two thousand three? No. Okay. Well, glad
4: glad. <laughs> we, <laughs>
0: <laughs> got that out
4: of the way. Uh is it a console exclusive?
1: Yes. Yes.
4: Mm. Makes it um, easier. Is it Nintendo?
1: Just I'm just verifying this um in the Okay. You,
2: just clear, just pick the game. Like min
1: magazine read. We can In tell. the in the US, it was a console exclusive. Oh. Okay. okay. What?
4: <clears throat> what does that come- mean?
2: What what's our what's our uh, December holiday question? Does it have a snow level?
4: Oh yeah, that's a pretty good one.
1: Does this game have mean, snow in it? Would um, that be good? I can't answer that question.
4: Okay, all right. All right. So not prominently so.
1: Um,
2: we, we should we needed to know the console. It's a console exclusive. Only
0: oh yeah. In the US. Oh in yeah. The, so is it US. a
4: Nintendo? So some Nintendo console.
0: I close it? Yes. OK. So maybe maybe it could have appeared in that issue as a preview. Yeah. yeah. But right. Not, but then I rephrased it to say, did the game come yeah. out on her before then?
4: Yeah. That's OK, we got there.
0: Did this come out on a portable system? Yes. Did okay. it come out on
1: the GBA? No, that's five. I was going to ask if the system had two screens.
0: Yeah, yeah. So oh, okay. it's
2: the same amount of questioning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we know do we need to ask if it was ds or we know it's ds we know it's ds or 3ds
4: why oh, yeah, just that, those two
0: that that's true because it's an nintendo so it's exclusive extric- and it's yeah. a portable oh
4: and then even like wii u could have been considered portable
0: um uh, there's that picture of the guy playing it on his airplane <laughs>
4: Yeah. You, you mean Steven Totillo?
0: <laughs> Was it? Totillo did that?
4: Yeah, at the airport, he had, like, the console part shoved in his book bag. Oh, And then yeah. the, the like, screen um, controller part in his lap with That's it charging. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, That's funny.
2: Did this, uh, who, is this a DS game? Yes. Okay.
4: There you go. Is it part of a series? Yes. Oh, God, Does it's it gonna be something st- really obvious.
1: <laughs> is
2: it but a stylus not- gameplay? What?
1: Does it does have, does have stylus gameplay? gameplay? Um, well, this will be a freebie. I'm just going to assume so, but I'm not going to count that <laughs> question. I, Sounds I can't like a
0: real Damey game. 100%. So.
1: <laughs> I would assume so. You should assume mm-hmm. it does.
0: I mean, they kind of all did, right?
4: Yeah. At least some gimmicky feature, yeah.
2: And it, it was part of the series for sure, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is this
0: a remake? No. See, so, but we know it's not, well, we don't know for sure. It's unlikely to have been made by Nintendo since it's not a platform exclusive overseas, only in the U.S. What does that mean? How does a DS game come out on some other system?
4: I mean, so, (laughs) so I called it, I framed the question console exclusive. So that could mean, like, the Mm -hmm. DS only, like, it could have Mm -hmm. re-released.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, it could be a mobile or a PC game also, or something like
4: that. Or, like, it could even be on Switch, for all we know. Mm. So, technically, with the way that I phrased the question, that could be accurate. Mm.
2: Mm. Uh, do we know if it's... We don't know if it's... Uh, you, should we confirm that it's published by Nintendo, or developed by Nintendo? Because it could be on another Nintendo system, or something like that.
4: So, that's kind of the question. Like, Justin's saying he assumes yeah. it wasn't, if if we didn't get the clarity on the... Exclusivity mm-hmm. bit.
0: Uh, Ugh.
4: Should we just ask it? What are we sure. at, Damon? Seven? Eight.
0: Eight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, was this game t- made by Nintendo? No. Um. Hmm.
4: Should we go to genre? Yeah. Yeah. What are some popular series?
0: Puzzles.
4: Yeah.
2: Oh, uh, um, and then developer like Japan or, um. That's a good one. Or, like, is this developer still around? Any of that might not. I'm fine. Actually, I'm fine. We go to, I think we should go with genre. Actually, I think, I, don't, I think that would help as much for this one.
4: Is it a puzzle game?
0: Yes, that's 10. Oh, yes. Wow. I, I that knew it. Swish. I knew it. So it's medios. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was think- picturing. That's the exact game I had in my head. Or, um, Or, like, brain training.
4: Yeah, I was thinking Brain Age of some kind. I don't know when that started coming out.
0: Damon, is this one of those brain games? No. (laughs) Okay. I mean, okay. I don't know how to narrow it down to Meteos. I don't don't think it's Meteos because he would know that that's like exclusively stylus based, right? Probably. Or there was a Tetris DS that was pretty good. Mm -hmm. But that wouldn't have appeared on Hmm. any other platform. Yeah puzzle game. DS puzzle game. But what kind uh, of puzzle? Is this like a, is this like a slide and blocks around? Is this like a block like you're manipulating blocks puzzle game? So I think that I kind of puzzle game.
4: Yeah. Like a matching kind of a puzzle game? Yeah, like a matching yeah.
0: kind of puzzle game. Yes. They call them uh they call them zookeeper clones. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Maybe it's zookeeper. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's I definitely it's a matchy puzzle game.
0: I think that's it. Bet- We were just talking about it. Yeah. What was it called? Was it just called Zookeeper? or I think it was called Zookeeper DX. Is this Um, game? um, Are you you matching animals in this game? Yes. Oh. Yeah, Yeah. but I I don't I don't know. We don't know the official name. I think it's I think think it's it's just zookeeper. It's either just zookeeper or zookeeper DX DX. I know. Maybe it's not. I don't know. That's in my brain for some reason, but I don't know if that's right. Let's go with Zookeeper. Yeah. Is it
1: Zookeeper? Yes, it is. Nice. 14 is, questions. Is wow. it just called Zookeeper? Look at this. It's just Zookeeper, yeah. Okay. Oh, this well, looks cool. It looks yeah. like the
4: it's, look it's at very it. similar.
1: And yeah, yeah, we have we have this old footage on IGN. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was amazing.
0: It, it only had um uh like maybe not only only, but like it was mainly just the arcade mode which is like a mm-hmm. total afterthought in the iPhone one we're all hooked on. Oh, yeah. really? It's in- That's right.
4: Yeah, you can if, like, I think you can buy you. <laughs> the little arcade and put it in your zoo and then mm-hmm. play like yeah, this like that. timed version. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. It, it looks like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is a level mode, but I remember the arcade mode being like the business in, um, in the DS one.
1: Hmm. So it was also brought to Game Boy Advance in Japan and Europe. It was brought to oh. PlayStation 2 in Japan and Europe.
2: Whoa. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty I cool see. that it was
1: on PS2. And then also came to 3DS in Japan. So we only got that DS version here in North America. This game's going to be so valuable now that we talk about it in Game Scoop. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Nicely job. Thank you for the suggestion. Let me find your. Very name. tricky. That was very tricky. Kevin Osborne Kevin in Detroit, Osborne. Michigan. I thought that was very clever. Mm-hmm. Uh, listeners, Interest. do you have- your own suggestions, make sure to email them to me at the email address gamescoop at com. And that is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you to Sam. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Justin. Thank you to Marianne working behind the scenes to make this episode possible. There are only, well, I think, well one, one more episode until the Damia Awards now. I don't know how we mm. found ourselves at this Ooh. time of year already, but it's here. Wow. It's upon us. That means I have a Wait. lot of work to do.
2: Oh, <laughs> gosh. OK, so same with us, apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We do that backlog.
1: Yeah, for Of all sure. the Damien games. Not a backlog. <laughs> I leave you this week with a brand new song from myself. Somehow I found the time to write and record a new song with two kids in the house. It's called 1995, and although I'm releasing it during the holidays, it isn't a Christmas song and isn't directly related to my song 1985. This one describes some happy memories I have from summer 1995. It's available now in Spotify, Apple Music, and wherever you like to listen to your tunes. As always, thank you so much to listening to the stuff I make. My name is Damon, this is IGN GameScoop, and we're out.